This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I captain Harry Kane this weekend. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon also captain Harry Kane. Brandon, how are you? <laughs> uh, despite having captained Harry Kane, Josh, I'm okay. Um, moderately okay. This feels like it's going to be a gut check episode for Always Cheating. <laughs> now, sure. uh, you know, we'll get to your wild card and how that mm. did or did not come off. But there are sure. so many so many other points of crisis happening in FPL. We, we need to find out where all of our clean sheets have gone. Like, uh-huh. dude, where's my clean sheet? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have just a, a boatload of knee-jerky attacking assets from the midfield from uh, all these new strikers like Allaire had had kind of a breakout performance. So yeah. in the in in this podcast, we're going to talk about that clean sheet crisis and do our play our game buy sell hold with a number of these attacking assets plus a game week four preview. But before we get to all of that, Josh, uh, I'm going to clear the lane for you. Uh, a lot of talk sure. move, uh, heading into game week three about you being on wild card. A lot of people triggered right. an early wild card hanging, heading into game week three. Yep. What was your what was your score in game week three? And are you happy? <laughs> uh, yeah, my score was thirty nine. Uh, I transferred out about twenty five to thirty points that I would have scored this game week. Um, I would probably be like close to the top 10k uh if i had uh, just like if had i actually been hit by a bus and just had my bus team from last <laughs> uh-huh. game week sure uh as it is uh i uh dropped I, I quintupled my rank i went from 50k to 250 uh still not too bad thank goodness because uh, my first two weeks were, were pretty strong uh and so you know now i'm sort of uh, picking up the pieces i mean here's the thing okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyone who's me. like a patreon supporter i mean i did a i did a, a long and, and thoughtful podcast uh on thursday about playing my wild card and the rationale and you have to remember brandon it's not like you know i play this wild card and then i go out there on the pitch and i get to like score <laughs> or not score you know it's like <laughs> It's like it really I felt like the the fantasy element of it really hit home for me this weekend, you know, like picking people who I don't know, who I'll never meet, yeah. 
who uh, don't care about me and don't care that they're in my fantasy team, uh, go out there and do well or don't do well. And I have no control over it, you know? And so there's a lot of, and this is true if I had game, if I wildcarded going to game week three or game week eight or whatever, you know? And so I'm sort of like, it, it's just, it, it's whatever, right? I mean, it's like the first game we got of a wild card can be kind of a bummer sometimes. we A lot of us have, have faced this before. Um, and, you know, and then it's you sort of, it's like the, what they call it like a dead cat bounce in politics, I think, where it's like you have like a really bad poll and then you shoot up uh, after that. So like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, I feel like, let's, let's see how game week four and game week five look. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate to wildcard into a team and then have Harry Kane and Sadio Mane play like they're both to play like their worst games ever, like in their respective uniforms. That was, I mean, Harry Kane, uh, if I had known Brandon, just, just okay. to, to take one example here, if I had known that Spurs weren't going to play with the midfield, right. Uh-huh. That may have changed whether I brought in Kane or captain him. Right. Yeah, if I, right. if I had known that that would have changed my rationale a little bit. If I had known they were going to play, a bunch of players and no one was going to pass to each other. That would have been a useful thing to know. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, if, if I had known that Gabriel Jesus uh, picked up an injury uh, in midweek, uh, that mm-hmm. may have also changed my rationale a little bit. Sergio Aguero would have been much more appealing. Uh, yeah. Even, even, you know, someone like Raheem Sterling, you would be much more, you know, much more confident that he would play all 90 minutes, you know, in that Bournemouth match. Um, if I had just used a little bit of logic and realized that, that Liverpool always defeat Arsenal like 50 to nothing when they play them at Anfield, I may not have gone from three Liverpool players to two, right? So there's a lot, lot, and also, okay, here's the biggest thing, okay? There was just like a bit of common sense that maybe I didn't really take into account when I thought about this a little bit, and it's, it's less of a fantasy thing, and it's more about just the mentality of a lot of these clubs that played this weekend. Aston Villa, uh, Newcastle, um, you know, Crystal Palace, a bunch of teams were in a position where if they lost their third game in a row, it was like dire straits, right? Like it was not looking good for them and like possible relegation worries, things like that were in play. You know, Southampton was in that category as well. So you just had a bunch of teams that had a ton to play for, right? Like they were kind of playing for their seasons, not to, not to be too, too overblown here. And all of them were sort of playing my fantasy assets this weekend, <laughs> you know, right. and Lucas Dean, uh, Matt Ryan, um, Harry Kane, uh, the, you know, Manchester United. And I, I really think that had a big impact. And, you know, I don't know if I, if I had thought about that, if it would have been enough for me to, to rethink things a little bit, but, um, I think I just got like a little too, carried away. You know, I think I got in, I got on Pookie early, right? I got him at 6.5 million. I got him before the hat trick. I was riding high, feeling Absolutely. good. Remember the successes, Josh. Re- re- remember the, well, bi- remember the good times. Because I bring this up, Brandon, because yeah, I on. think that, I think that I, I, I flew too close to the sun. I think I got arrogant. I think that, yeah, classic you know, Icarus, I, scenario Icar- Icarus falling should be my new team name, Brandon. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I just thought, I thought I was smarter than the game, you know? And, yeah. uh, this week I remember that I'm not, you know, so, uh, it is, uh, I mean, I look at my team, you know, I look at the combined one, three, four, you know, six points from five defenders, you know, that sort of tells you everything you need to know about how this game week went. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it is what it is. Um, it's, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, there were people who out there were like, 
I feel bad for the wild carders and like, don't, it's fine. Like if you wild carded Brandon and you quintupled your rank, I would think it was so funny. I would think it was hilarious. I mean, I wouldn't say that to your face, but no, secretly I would, and I'm sure you think it's funny too. And you're not going to say it to my face either. I, I would think it was so funny, you know, if like you wild carded and it went this catastrophically bad and I would feel that way for almost anybody, you know, I'm sorry. And maybe I'm, this is like the way I was made, but like, it's fine. You know, like do not feel bad for me i will i will you know recover it's like nothing is lost right we have 35 yeah. weeks left to go in this all season. right all right i, I have right, two so follow-ups i have okay. two follow-up questions josh the first is right. where do we go from here we have a question from Joaquin who wants to know what's the plan forward to correct a wild card failure so right. looking at the squad that you built for better or worse now you don't have wild card to fall back onto what's the plan well, I think my team looks awesome going into game week four. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I didn't wild card for one game week. You know, it's not, not my first rodeo. You know, like I feel like all <laughs> the players I brought in were with the, even someone like, uh, you know, Sabalos, who actually is on my bench in my game week four bus team. But like I have a lot of players who I have a lot of faith in, you know, who I think will come good. I mean, um, even Harry Kane. Right. I mean, maybe I just maybe they just can't play at home to a team that can really that they just i don't know like i don't actually know if harry kane even stays till game week five <laughs> you right. know but i'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep him for the for the north london derby and uh yeah. and then reevaluate from there i yeah. actually wonder if i might end up just having to double up on money and Salah and just go for a really expensive midfield and just downgrade kane to some six million player i don't know like there's a lot of different things i might consider but i'm not i think the biggest thing is that when you have a wild card and it doesn't go well you've got to give it at least one more game week and i'm not yeah, going to burn right. points i'm not going to i ideally won't even use a transfer you know like if you know because if things go really bad i want to have two transfers going into game week five you know and then i can do two or burn four and do like a little mini wild card or something yeah all right so our overall ranks are kind of have converged now i think we're right we're both right in the 325k range it's it's as you say i'm 242 so a little a little bit better uh, yeah, always hundred thousand. Always, <laughs> always chasing you, Josh. Always chasing you. <laughs> so that like I've I've seen online some really great respected FPL managers who are consolidating around like the one point five million uh, area of overall rank. Like we're mm-hmm. we're still in a very good position, and it begs the question that Alex W is asking, and. I want to know what you think about this now with the perspective that you're talking about. What does doing well or doing poorly mean after game week three? We're so early in the season. Right. Is it an overall uh, points total? Is it an overall rank yeah. thing? Is it your points total, a general yeah. feeling of goodwill or ill will toward your squad? Are, how do you judge right now, whether it's you or whether it's somebody out there listening, whether you've had a good start or a bad start? That's a good question. And um, I think that it's a it's a real like fantasy philosophy question. You know, I think it's it's a lot different, you know, especially if you if you haven't done fantasy, this kind of fantasy before, you know, where you can have the same players and it's less head to head focused, you know, like, you know, American style, you kind of have like your matchup, you have a good game week or a bad game week, you know. And uh, you either win or you lose. Uh, but here, you know, it's all about recalibrating your expectations, right? So like, based on this game week alone, I'm not winning the league, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to win the fantasy game, right? There's just no chance, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, great, you recalibrate, you know? And then you have a couple of good game weeks and then you're like, all right, now the goal is 10K, right? You know, you have a couple bad ones. Maybe the goal shifts to 50K or, you know, it's like, I, I think that you just have to keep, I don't think anything is settled at three game weeks. I think that, you know, you might, you know, 
the real like the big target of like winning the whole thing if that isn't even a target i i would argue that's not really a target that anyone should aim for um because you just need so much luck you know for that to happen um Such but a like sad you know, world that you live in josh it's so you think so bleak yeah do you go into the season thinking you're gonna win the whole thing like do you <laughs> like honestly think that like do you think you could do it like does that does that enter your head at all no yeah yeah on the honest response is the thought never even crosses my mind i don't even believe <laughs> that it's a, a scenario that would even yeah even come close to happening no totally so my goal i guess going into the season was i wanted to get in the top 500 right um maybe the goal now is more like the top 5,000. you know just let's move right. it back let's move the line back a little bit you know um but i mean i was around this spot last season and then i, I cracked the top 1,000. so like it's not you know it's no big deal no big deal to be at two, 250 or whatever 500 even a million doesn't matter well Listen. so all of the talk all of the talk online, Josh, is how is Josh's score doing? How's his wild card doing? I got a question on Slack from my good mm-hmm. friend Juan, my mm-hmm. my FIFA buddy. He said, mm-hmm. Brandon, what about your team? How's your team doing? How are you? So Right. I'm sorry, B. Let, I know. Let, I know. I, <laughs> let's you let's talk. take a let's take a quick <laughs> give me that give me that conch shell. It's my turn to talk about mm-hmm. me. Um okay. I had uh, I had a weird week. Um, I did oh, not Brandon, I'm sorry, we got to take a break now. Uh, uh, right, when we so get back, though, music. when we get back from our break, we'll hopefully have time to talk about your team, though. Uh, but I was just about to talk about <laughs> John McGinn and his assist. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, 46 points, of a, a very average game uh, game week score. I think 44 was the game week average. So mm-hmm. I didn't make any headway of any kind. Really good vibes coming off of that Aston Villa Everton match where, yeah, I got one point from Dean, but John McGinn, he is that kind of differential. And we're going to talk in our buy, sell, hold section that's coming up uh, in a few moments about these particular players that really can change the tone of your game week. So uh, watching the game with our friend Danny, we actually hugged because we both had McGinn <laughs> in our midfields and we knew how important that uh, assist was going to be for for our, yeah. our game week score. Turned out I needed every single point because, you know, my front line, a complete disaster. Jay Adams failed his final audition for mm-hmm. Brandon's team. He's out. Uh, did you Josh, make a transfer this game week? Uh, going into game week three, I did not make a transfer. And so now going into four, I have two frees and I've already spent them. I brought gotcha. in, I brought in Cantwell and Pookie. Okay. There were a lot of different moves that uh, I was considering making in, that included getting rid of Josh King and mm-hmm. Iozzi Perez or Che Adams or bringing in Mason Mount. Todd Cantwell wasn't my first choice, but it just made sense for the money. So, yeah, sure. that brings me to the other real weak spot, ongoing weak spot in my team, which was Aoz Perez. And, yeah, bad, bad defensive game week for me, just like everyone else. Ederson with that. Uh, final save point that he achieved like yeah. in the final second of the match. Um, yeah. That was just like a mental win for me, that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so 46, as I mentioned, um, I dropped down to around 325K overall. Um, I'm just I'm just still trying to find my balance here in this mm-hmm. season. So I'm just trying to go uh, steady, as, steady as you can. I mean, speaking of jumping on Timu Puki, let's just jump to our rant of the week. I love this um, note from one of our producers on Twitter, Kaja Kirstein, who says, being invited to two parties at once is confusing. So 
everyone's been sending out invitations to this pookie party josh mm-hmm. you right. you were first you were you were one of those people who arrives at the party too early and the host mm-hmm. is still setting up and they're like right and you're right. like hey can i hey pookie can i help you like uh <laughs> you know put out the glass of pre-pour the wine or something like that yeah and the person's like not dressed yet and they're like come on like uh like they're like trying to be polite but secretly they're like i can't believe they got here so early so now we're getting invited to Vardy. The Vardy party is back on. Right. The Allaire party. Um, so many parties. parties. It's yeah, very confusing. True. I agree, Kaja. All right, Brendan, let's get into the podcast uh, in a second here. I just wanted to uh, just a, bit, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, one is a uh, quick shout out to Fantasy Football Fix. They were uh, kind enough to give us both premium memberships. And I've been tooling around in there and really enjoying some of their uh private league uh tracking and things like that it's uh it's a lot of fun there's really uh a lot of uh in-depth stuff in there so this is not an ad or anything like that but it was just nice of them to give us access to uh the site and we had a lot of fun uh messing around on there yeah i added you as one of my rivals that you i did this you're my first you're my first rival so that was that was a good feeling uh yeah so uh that's that's yeah that's definitely a site worth checking out uh always cheating super league i wanted to note brandon uh we have uh, 10 managers uh in the top 10 i, I know that surprises <laughs> you uh i think we have more it than 10 managers, like, really we're at like six thousand or something no we're uh, over 10, right. we're over ten thousand managers in the super league right? right now which is astounding wow, that's, so that's yeah that's awesome thanks. Everyone listening, thanks for joining the league. Uh, yeah, we want to get on that homepage uh, when they finally get that feature up and running on the FPL homepage, most competitive mini leagues. All right, let's let's read off that top ten as a tribute. Um, and I'm going to do real names this time, Brandon. All right, you've been named. All right, um, your name is going to come out there right now, starting now. Number ten, Bob Hartman. Nine, Sepp Graham. Eight, Barry Bruce. Seven, Peter Kelly. Six, Matthew Wright. Five, Jackson McGee. Four, Stavin Limbadia. Uh, three, HBK, HKBFGJMG. Good I'm not man. sure if I'm supposed to pronounce that or not. Uh, number Who two, knows? Sydney, Sydney. And in first place, it's Anwar Tan. So congrats to Anwar Tan. 252 points overall. Very impressive. Beats me by a couple of points, Brandon. Yeah, I think uh, Anwar is like 25 overall in the world right now. So, yeah. Uh, Not bad. Congrats to everyone in the Super League. It's never too late to join. Just go to alwayscheating.com. Hit hit the league tab or the join code is all over our social medias. At the end of this podcast, we will have more thank yous to all of our new Patreon supporters, Patreon, of course, is where you can go to support what Josh and I do on the Always Cheating Podcast. You can say thanks. You can get access to our Slack message board. Also, every week, we have an extra ad-free podcast exclusive to our Patreon supporters. Other good stuff is available. Visit patreon.com slash alwayscheating for more information on that. And as I said, stay tuned till the end of the episode when we've got a a whole slew of special thank yous for our new supporters. Banner week, though, for the Always Cheating Slack. I uh, really enjoyed it over the last week. I think the Ask Josh and Brandon a question thread has really uh, has, has, has boosted my own personal engagement. I'll say that much because I'm vain and I like to be asked questions. So, all right, Brandon, let's take a break and let's get right into Crisis Clean Sheet after this. All right, Brandon, we're back. Part one of this week's podcast is Crisis Clean Sheet. Brandon, what does Crisis Clean Sheet mean? <laughs> It means that I wanted to title this section after what I thought like a Marvel movie would be called. So Crisis mm-hmm. Clean Sheet does sound like something that only the Avengers can handle. Uh, <laughs> it, 
it, it, it was it was astounding the number of clean sheet wipeouts this week. And, and a good follow on Twitter actually is FPL Salah, as in Mohamed Salah, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a great place to go to get the clean sheet bookie odds every week. And he uh, posted the bookie odds this week. And you go down the list and from Spurs, United, City, Wolves, Leicester, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Watford, all in the top half of the clean sheet odds predictions. None of them kept the clean sheet. Only three clean sheets kept Southampton, who were playing away from home, Aston Villa against uh, an Everton team that honestly is yet to get going offensively. Yes. And then another away team, Newcastle, at at Spurs, right. a 10% chance of keeping a clean sheet, according to the bookies, and they were the third team that managed to do it. So, right. But Brandon, what, what we didn't know is that Spurs had a 100% chance of not scoring because they did not play with the midfield. So again, yeah. didn't know that going in. You know, No one did, not even the bookies. Any complaining about the penalty or lack of penalty VAR decision on Harry Kane there, I'm not here for it because Spurs in no way, shape, or form deserved to score a goal in that <laughs> yeah. match. So yeah. um, we, we I love the we'll, VAR overcorrection, by the way, where they were like, we're just not going to call yeah. anything this week. We're so yeah. Yeah. like worried about how much it's dominated the conversation. So now, yeah, now no one knows, you know, like what's what is a penalty or what isn't. And so I feel yeah, like VAR now is like a manager in the post post game press conference where it's far as like, I don't know, I didn't see it. We'll have to go uh, look at it later and then we'll I, we'll tell you how we really feel. I did have one. It's not really VAR related, but I had one realization this weekend when I was thinking about penalties. Uh, it's not until you introduced VAR that I realized that, like, like, do you know what a, the definition of a penalty is, Brandon? It's whatever. It's like the definition of a penalty is like if the referee decides to call a penalty. That's like the only <laughs> definition. There's like no. It is so ambiguous and requires you to be inside people's souls and know whether they meant <laughs> to do it or or not. I mean. Yeah. You know, Jamal Lascelles like basically like tackled King with his head and that wasn't a penalty. It's like, yeah, he did the uh, Boris Johnson rugby tackle move there. Yeah, exactly. David Silva, you know, gets his foot stamped on. And these are just things that that aren't penalties, apparently, you know. And so the only definition of a penalty going into the season was if a manager, if, if, you know, if, if a ref decided it was a penalty. Um, And now now we like have this thing that's supposed to like help us decide, but of course it doesn't because it's impossible to know what a penalty is or isn't. So uh, we're, we're getting sidetracked here on our, uh, we're, we're trying sure. to solve the problem of clean sheets here. <laughs> right. I feel Sorry. like, okay. though I do feel like this is, a, this is a problem that we try to solve at the start of every season. It was a couple of seasons ago. We started act- an actual Excel grid of how many clean sheets we were getting week to week and actually – once we got like a month and a half to two months into the season, it was pretty much as we expected it to be. It just seems like mm-hmm. it takes a month or so for particularly these bigger teams to just really get up and running to the the peak of their powers. But yep. it does beg the question, which Red Dagger is asking us, uh, are clean sheets dead? And if so, should we go with, say, one premium defender like Trent plus four really cheap players at the back? Fly you right. fools. Follow-up question here. If you had a way to fit in Salah, Sterling, Kane, KDB, Pookie, would you go for it? The The idea being, if these clean sheets are going to be really tricky to come by, why are we spending not a lot, but why are we spending any money in the defense, particularly right. with all of these more expensive attacking players coming to the fore? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there's an argument to be made for that. I mean, right, you know, in the 2018-19 season, a goal was set for the most goals scored in a Premier League campaign. Uh, it would not shock me if that goal was broken or if that record was broken again um, in the 2019-20 season. Um, you know, I mean, there there's just a lot of talent being added to the league every year. There's so much money in the Premier League, you know, and so you just keep buying players like Nicholas Pepe. I mean, Nicholas Pepe could have scored two goals, you know, on Saturday, at least mm-hmm. a goal in that match. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he was kind of like, yeah, Kyungman's son, where he was just trying too hard, you know, like it didn't help his team. Actually, I don't know. He, he more than son. son. Son was actively hurting his team. I think that. Uh, I think that uh, Pepe actually like was really dangerous and wasn't like it was like the first time someone had like successfully taken on Van Dyke and like come out ahead or something like that. There was some stat about he was like the first guy whose pace actually won over Van Dyke uh, or something like that. So, right. He Van Dyke hadn't been beaten on the dribble for for like 44 games. Something is that what it was? Yeah, I I knew it was just right. Something like that. So, um, you know, so that that does. I mean, I think there's a real argument for I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I th- also, I think there's context has to be a factor here, right? I mean, I think that um, Liverpool are playing Arsenal, a team that does have some attacking threat. I mean, it's kind of ironic that Torreira was the one who scored, but certainly they had their, you know, their chances regardless. Um, you know, uh, Man City were on the road to Bournemouth, a team with plenty of attacking threat. Um, you know, even Everton, a team uh, you and I were talking about was maybe the third best defense in the league. They were playing, you know, road match against Aston Villa, a team that really needed a win, you know? Yeah. And so I think that you have to, you know, next game week it could be completely different i mean you look at the fixtures for game week four and you know man city at home to brighton can't see them conceding a goal in that match um you know liverpool play um who do they play they play away to burnley Uh, probably going to keep a clean sheet there uh everton play uh wolves but wolves have to play a difficult leg in their europa league tie so it wouldn't be shocking if everton kept a clean sheet in that one too you know so um yeah i don't know so I, i think like it's i think it's too early as you said earlier well, I and I agree with your point, though, that there is this huge influx of attacking talent into the league, and that almost underscores the fact that you have to invest in your defense if you want any clean sheets. Because if you're if you're Wolverhampton or Leicester, you're a great team, but you're still a mid-table team, and you're going to face great talent at any opposition in the Premier League. Whereas if you're Liverpool or Manchester City, you are the ones that really will have the odds in your favor to keep the clean sheet week in, week out. So if you're looking to collect any clean sheet points, I think it's just more imperative that you invest in these really strong teams. We talked about boogie odds for most clean sheets expected for the entire season. And Liverpool and Manchester City ran Mm -hmm. away with those odds. And uh, talking okay. about that, that that Bournemouth match against City, what was the goal that actually beat Ederson? It was one of the most worldy free kicks that you'll ever see from from Wilson. So there are there yeah. are these flukes that will drive this conversation for whatever reason. I, I agree with that. But I mean, I, I do think that. Um, OK, let's say that I, I, I do agree with that. So let's say that you the next step then is does it make you more likely to have fullbacks? I mean, watching that match, I felt kind of silly having Van Dyke instead of Trent Alexander-Arnold when like at every seemingly every 45 seconds, Alexander-Arnold was sending in like a beautiful cross. Right. It, was yeah. like, it felt like it was just inevitable. He was going to get some assists yeah. in that match. Of course, he did ultimately um on the on the corner kick so i mean you know is that is that something to think about i mean i look at my team right now and i've got 
I guess I've got four fullbacks, maybe five, depending on how you think of Lundstrom. I guess he's not really so he's not a fullback, but he's playing an attacking position, which is kind yep. of why you'd have a fullback. So, yep. Um, yeah, except for Van Dyke, though. Van Dyke's the problem. Yeah, I, I think Trent Alexander Arnold is he's just a special player. He I don't know if there's any other right footed player like him in the Premier League right now. And I agree uh, that Van Dyke over Trent, uh, it 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 seems like it's not just a savvy cost-saving move at this point. Trent actually does feel like he is far and away the best Liverpool defensive asset. Now, yep. the you should have all fullback rule, um, I guess. I mean, I, I tend to think that that's less true when you get into the, the cheapy bracket like uh, Lewis Dunk or Tyrone Mings, where if these uh, lower tier teams keep a clean sheet, they they have less attacking impetus. It will probably be a low scoring affair. Bonus points could be attracted more to the central defenders. Also, right. a team like Brighton, Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy, the attacking impetus has never been with Brighton's fullbacks it's always been with their center backs on um, yeah. some pieces now i'm not saying that like the uh, the those are great percentages that you want to play like lewis dunks xg is through the roof um right. but we did see him this weekend score a goal that uh was also, ruled on. yeah i know that was i i wondered if you did you celebrate that or did you know it was going to get chalked out uh, i was watching uh, i was watching goal rush so um when they when goal rush took me away from whatever the featured game was over to the amex I think they were playing at the Amex. Um, the tone of the commentary, I could tell that the goal wasn't going to stand. It's going to count. Okay, that, yeah, that helps. Yeah, Mentally, right. you were ready. I, I was just going to say that I, I think yeah, the, maybe the other part of it, too, is that in those kind of bottom 10, bottom 12 clubs or whatever, uh, maybe that's too derogatory, whatever, like the clubs that are now at the top half of the table, um, it, you're not going to find a lot of brilliant attacking fullbacks, right? Like, okay, you have like a – you know, a, a whole boss, you know, here and there. But in general, it's not like, I mean, you look at Burnley or like you said, Brighton. Yeah, I'm just like looking across the board. I mean, I, you know, you could even Leicester, like, okay, like top half, let's just say like top half, you might be able to find a player like that. But yeah, I think bottom half, it's just hard to like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, they go like Newcastle. It's like, who would I want on Newcastle? It's Jamal Lascelles, right? So or, yeah, or I do a, agree. A, a Soyunku, the Turkish dude at Leicester, right? <laughs> sure. Manages to walk away with an attacking return against Sheffield United. Yeah, it's a lucky one, but still, yeah, yeah. I think there is something to that argument of this. Just the systems that the more ex- the 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 systems that the top tier, the top six teams are playing versus the other teams, and how that actually does impact how you, the. the uh, which defenders you're buying at a, at which price? All right, so yeah, uh, we we certainly were never going to solve the problem of where the clean sheets are. We just kind of hope that they'll show up. We're, we're putting up uh, posters around the neighborhood. Have you seen these clean sheets? <laughs> we'll yeah, but neither of us are going to do anything rash, right? Brian, no, tell me you're not going to do anything rash. Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm in a good place. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Given my given my now um, over investment in Norwich, uh, I now have money in the bank where I could actually move Van Dyke into Trent Alexander Arnold. But that, at that, not for a minus four. No, not for a minus four. But beyond that, yeah, I'm I'm quite content with my uh, with my defense. And I yeah, I think I'm content because it feels like a balanced approach. Uh, I mean, my most expensive defender is Van Dyke. 
then then it's Dean and Dunk and Loughton and Lundstrom. Something along those lines feels good to me. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Um, I think I, I'm probably going to eventually start to move some money out of my defense um, just because I really think I need a little more tacking talent in my midfield. And so that's going to be a problem I need to solve. I think eventually I just really, I'm really enthralled with, uh, with James Madison right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just think that yeah. he's a player I want to try to find a way to bring in. And so, yeah, you see you know, those Dean's, pictures of him on his, uh, Lamborghini and the rest is history. Sure. I mean, Dean to Sabalas, Dean to Sonyoku would help me. I could move Sabalas to Madison. Like that'd be an easy, you know, move with two transfers. So really yeah. going to do everything I can not to, burn my game week four transfer and hold it over for game week five because I, I want to be able to have a little mini wild card of my own. Okay. So, um, all right, Brandon, should we move on to part two? Real real quick before we move on, because part two, the buy, sell, hold section only focuses on attackers, but I do want to touch quickly upon Manchester United defense. So mm-hmm. you brought in Juan Bissaka and I'm yeah, kind of jealous. Like, well, I mean, really? it was a disaster <laughs> this week. It was a disaster uh-huh. this week. I don't know. There's something very shiny about Manchester United, even after um, the complete um, embarrassment against Palace this weekend. Um, yeah. But I, I get the sense that you're looking to jump ship on United defense ASAP. Is that no, right? No, I, I didn't say no. that. No, no. I, I, I was talking about Dean. But no, I mean, I think uh, – no, I mean, I, I'm not going to move. But I mean, Juan Bissaka is like – I mean, okay, has he ever passed the ball and like had it actually go off the ground? Every every single pass is on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I've never seen anybody do, I don't I'm not sure if he like has like no vo- like angular velocity or something. It's like he's everything all putter. is like he's a, all putter, no wedge. I mean, he's wonderful. Is you know, he's a very accurate passer. That's one of the reasons he gets bonus points when they keep a clean sheet, but um I mean, the guy has no attacking threat. I kind of already regret having him. I think I'd rather just have Harry Slabhead McGuire just like <laughs> You know, throwing his hand up on every corner kick, you know, like, like send it into me. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm you know, I have no faith I'm ever going to get anything out of Wampasaka. And also, he's heading towards a yellow card suspension now, yeah, you know, two right. in the last two games. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel great about that. I mean, obviously, transferring out Trent Alexander Arnold for Wampasaka uh, feels pretty cruddy uh, this game week. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, um, you know, I had pretty strong feelings about Man United going into the season. Um, I really reversed course. I thought they looked really good the first couple of game weeks. Um, and then they looked so bad, um, this last match that now I don't really know what to think. Um, you know, but I'm not, I'm I, hopefully, I mean, if, if Anthony Martial is injured, uh, you know, I may have to consider making a move early for him. It kind of depends right. on how injured he is. You know, yeah. it's one week I'll probably just hold. All right. Attacking, attacking assets buy, sell, hold. So we're going to try and tackle this like a lightning round, Josh. And, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of players coming out of game week three that either were sick and tired of, i.e. AOZ Perez, or, uh, they're raising our eyebrow like Sebastian Allaire. So we're mm-hmm. going to run through a whole slew of knee jerk players and players that, um, We've probably had since game week one that we're losing patience with, and we're going to give them one of three ratings, and that's buy them, sell them, or hold them. Buy, sell, hold. Are you familiar with the rules, Josh? Can you play the game? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So first one up, the man, the myth, legend, the Finnish striker, Timu Puki. All right, so quick, quick points. His price has already skyrocketed up to six point nine million. He scored five goals with one assist uh, to our man Todd Cantwell 
That, mm-hmm. I can't. I don't have great total, Todd. I don't have total recall of Todd's name just yet. And a whopping 35 points, all told. FPL Chancer Dan has this question about Pookie. For those who don't have Pookie, should they do whatever they can to get him, even if they don't believe he'll keep up this form? So it's one of those age old FPL questions, right? Even if, regardless of your belief in Norwich or Pookie. Mm-hmm. Um, or anybody who participated in the access power. I think that's a very, very easy answer to this question. I don't think we really need to go on too long about it. I mean, it's it's a, it's a huge buy for me. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, they play Man City in game week four or game week five. Sure, that's bad. After that, it's Burnley, Crystal Palace, Everton, and Bournemouth. Those are all good fixtures. They're a super attacking team. Um, I mean, I just to watch them is to is to know that you want to have pookie in your team it just doesn't take much for him to score you know it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't need many chances he's a natural goal scorer he's in great form he's not that expensive there's not a lot of options in that price range i, I don't know i just to me it's a it's a really easy decision and um this like i don't want to chase points idea is one that i think can really cause you to miss out on people i've done it before and um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's not going to score a goal every week, you know, but, um, so he's I not boss of team be goalies for guy for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. He's not Odeon Gallo, you know, but he is, uh, you know, I think, I think he's good value for money. The one thing I would say about Pookie is just the, from the eye test point of view, when he received that ball, when he was in on, uh, Kepa for the second goal for Norwich, when he got that ball in his stride, what did I think? I immediately thought he's 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 gonna score. Now he wasn't. Now it's right. not like a one hundred one to one. I think that and he scores. But he is that type of goal scorer, which I think is rather rare at the top level. Where, yeah, you you trust him enough, you trust his innate ability enough that he will make something happen. And that's just it's just fun to have a player like that, particularly one that's. That's getting results. So yeah, it's it's a bona fide buy from us. Real quickly though, on his his partner in crime, Todd Cantwell already yep. up at, to four point six. I mean, I don't I don't think we need to do play buy sell hold with um, effectively a uh, a make weight at four at the four point five. Yeah, region. but he's a but, massive buy. He's a massive buy for anyone on a wild card, right? I mean, you don't have to play him every week, but at four point six million starting left wing on an attacking team he's gonna be starting for like at least the next two or three months um you know i just think that's a that's a very easy buy for for anybody all right how long can we talk about the player whose name is brock toon before people who weren't listening to always cheating four years ago just turn off the podcast (laughs) yeah uh brock toon uh is this is like i mean just for to quickly recap anyone is not a Longtime listener, uh, Aguero, who we've like barely talked about this season so far, uh, was has in many past seasons been the most talked about player, the player that we have, have spoken about endlessly for lots of reasons. Right. Sometimes it's because he's injured or he has some amazing goal scoring form or he's a double game week legend or double game week miss or he's rotating with Gabriel Jesus or whomever. Right. Because I've been doing this so long that like there probably was a time when he was rotating with like. I don't even know who was it. Like, uh, I mean, oh, it wouldn't uh, have been uh, Navarro, not not ne- Negredo. That's how long it's Negredo. been. We've forgotten. Yeah, yeah, Varo Negredo. Exactly. I guess they never really rotated those no. two. But anyway, yeah. So um, we got so sick of saying his name in every podcast that we started to call him Brock Tune. 
which is a reference to an old Saturday Night Live sketch that like no one outside of you, me, and like three other people have ever actually watched. Uh, so Brock Toon, B-R-O-C-T-O-O-N. Uh, should we bring that name back? That was what uh, Richard Orfer was was talking about. That on the on absolutely the for a, if if you're a Mr. Belvedere fan, this is this is crucial. Always cheating in lore. I think we should bring it back. So Brock yeah. Tune, Nervous Ned uh, directly asked us, "Have we all overlooked Aguero? He's now got four goals in three matches, three bonus points coming off of um, that match today against Bournemouth. Uh, just like a cheeky brace for him." You don't you don't generally see Aguero score such scrappy goals, but there he was, twenty four points yeah. on the season. Um, yeah, this is a, a, a tricky one as far as buying, selling, and holding. He feels at twelve million, he feels like a wild card option, almost yeah. strictly at this point, right? Though yeah, you're, if you you rejiggered with your wild card to bring Harry Kane in, so you're not far from Brock Toon at this point. No. It wouldn't be impossible. I mean, you go, you could go. Uh, I don't know, like uh, Anthony Martial to Mason Mount, you know, and that would frip the money to to move Kane to Brock Toon, mm-hmm. you know. So they're, they're like, it, it could be done. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, Jesus is going to be back at some point, but I, I mean, I think the pecking order remains very clear, yeah, right? Like right. Sergio Aguero is the starting forward, and yeah. Jesus is going to pick up his scraps. And he's he's going to pick up scraps, and Jesus is probably going to pick up multiple injuries because this is the same old story with him forever and ever. So, right, right. and I think he, Aguero is sort of sundowning, and he is going to want you know as many goals as he can get to take with him before he heads back to I don't know. Do you think he'll go back to Spain or Argentina? Back to Atletico Madrid. They they all go back to Atletico Madrid at some point, right? So that right. probably is what's gonna what's gonna happen there. All right, Aguero's yeah, I, count. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's 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 an interesting thing with Aguero. We probably should be talking about him more. You would think that eventually he's going to have some VR things. I guess he did in game week one. He already has one VR pen in his pocket. But um, I don't know. Maybe he'll get more. I don't know. Like it's he's interesting. I it's hard to spend twelve million on him, but it's not unreasonable. So I guess it's like a hold. I don't know. Like a hold with like a with a with a with a half buy, like a small buy. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a it is a small buy. I mean, for people who who are doing some team surgery in three or four weeks, that feels like the right time where we have really precisely pinpointed the cheaper bargains mm-hmm. that would help us fit Aguero in. Now, one of those people that doesn't help is his counterpart at Manchester City, KDB. He was a big pickup for a lot of people on a wild card this week. Rosen price to nine point six. He's been an assist machine, just got his 50th assist. I think the quickest player to 50 assists in the Premier, in the Premier League's history, which is pretty incredible. So yeah. um, if you have KDB, certainly hold him. He shows he didn't have an especially great game against Bournemouth, but uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not reading looked, anything into that. No, he looked dangerous. I thought he was a little inaccurate. I thought um, he was didn't. Yeah, I agree with you. This was one of his best games. I thought some, his passing was a little bit off. It was almost like Bournemouth saved their best defending for him too. I felt like there was a couple of chances where he, like, they kind of Ake slid in to deny him on a breakaway, or he has had a couple of shots on goal that he could have scored. I mean, you know, we were, he's like a you know a foot away from having a goal and assist and three bonus points in that game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a definite buy for me. I obviously, you know, it's hard for me not to just come out straight up and just say, yeah, I wish I had Kane over or KDB over Kane. You know, I feel like I kind of messed that one up. 
if you have to choose between the two, between Brock Toon and KDB, though, what does that say about you? Am I a more conservative manager at this point if I go if with KDB's KDB. numbers and assist potential? Is it more maverick to try yeah. and jump on Aguero before the rest of the top 10% do? Well, you know, there was just a comment today from uh, uh, from Pochettino, and it was like, is, is uh, Erickson going to stay or leave in the window? And he's like, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and that was really encouraging because, as we saw today, and I, I don't mean to, like, go on about this, but, like, Spurs, without without Endemelli and Erickson, I mean, there was just nothing going on. It was just, yeah. like, Harry Winks running around, like, by Moses himself. Moses Sissoko you know? was, is the most, like, Moses Sissoko clearly knows where he is and what's going on. Does that mean mm-hmm. that he can actually execute any sort of tactic? Clearly not. It's just yeah. what a uh, what a disaster. Of a it was just a disastrous game. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, but yeah, buy on KDB, uh, sell. I guess holds. I mean, like I, I yeah, I don't mind having KDB or Kane for the uh, North London Derby, as I'm sure you agree. Yes, I plan to I plan to hold Harry Kane for the North London Derby, and then let's see. After Arsenal, Spurs are home to Crystal Palace, away Leicester, Southampton. It's a pretty enticing run of fixtures. Now, yeah, you know we were all captaining Harry Kane because of this enticing home Newcastle fixture, so I don't want to really read into the fixtures too much. But the point would be the imperative to drop Harry Kane at all costs is not there. It feels like a a hold with intent to sell at the um, most opportune moment. Yes, I think I, yes, I agree with that. That's well, well put. Uh, that Joe guy chimes in. He wants to know if a torch is being passed here. Has Kane taken Hazard's place as the premium <laughs> FPL troll? Yeah. Well, it's it's really the, the team itself might be the culprit here, right? I mean, losing the clean sheet um and uh you know and then yeah having i mean kane has a brace on the season already so i mean it's i think it's a little too soon to to say that and game week two they played away to man city it's a really hard fixture for anybody you know including liverpool you know like anyone struggles there so i i don't read anything into the man city game in fact i was when i thought about bringing in kane i, I thought about the aston villa match you know where um yeah it took him a little while to get started but then when erickson was on the pitch like they looked super dangerous and then just you know, when Erickson came on today, obviously, if I had known, like a theor- like a rhetorical question for you, Brandon, or a theoretical question, I okay. guess that'd be the. Um, if you had, you know, if you were in my position, you're wild carding, and it came out like the day before the game week drop that like Christian Erickson was not going to start that match, would you still have Kane in your team? Because I think I wouldn't have. I think I would have brought in KDB instead. Mm, I think I may have. And that's just because where I have been since game week one, I've just been backing Harry Kane for, I mean, based solely on a hunch, I guess I can say. Um, yeah. But I feel like Kane but has kind of touched the, he's been my project this season. He did not touch the ball in that Newcastle game. Yeah, I it was cannot a problem. give all the credit to Newcastle. I mean, it was ridiculous. He is no longer my project. I'll just say that. All right, the, these <laughs> these players are going to get harder from here on out. Maybe a sure, few easy sure. ones uh, sprinkled in here. So Sebastian Allaire, yeah. buy, sell, hold the West Ham power for, forward. He's here's the exciting yeah. news about Allaire. He's coming off a brace, looked really good. He also dropped in price because a lot of people lost patience with him who bought him game week mm-hmm. one. He's down to seven point yeah. four. Still kind of expensive to where he is in the FPL pecking order. 
Um, Stag wants to know where does Allaire rank in the strikers price between six and 8.7? Very specific stag. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, yeah. Um, also Tim FPL uh, wants to, uh, compare Allaire to a few other, uh, players and how we might pair, pair someone with Pookie, um, Allaire, Abraham, or maybe Barnes, who's the best long-term wingman to bring into the Pookie party. So, did Allaire pique your interest against Watford? Kind of scrappy goals that he scored, but his hold-up play yeah. looked looked good. He 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 had a he had the presence. I thought. Yeah, I I think anyone who's listened to this podcast for um, a few game weeks knows that I was really enthusiastic about him. Uh, really wanted to have him in my game week one squad. Like I just felt very like he's kind of like Pascal Gross a couple of seasons ago. He's just a player who comes in who has a reputation for doing kind of everything on the pitch, you know, um, and came in at a, a pretty high price, kind of made it hard to bring him in at the very start. Uh, and then he got injured in game week two. And so it was hard to really evaluate him. Comes back out, scores a brace in game week three. It feels a little too early to say, I mean, I guess if I was to, answer, to specifically answer Stag's question, I probably like him, you know, and he, I think he's at 8.7 because that's what Rashford costs. So I guess... It's hard to say. I mean, you know, it's like you have to like look past Rashford missing the penalty, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that um yep. I would probably go Pookie, Rashford, Allaire. I think that those would be my three in that eight point seven and below range. Um and then lower than that, I'm not really sure. I think maybe um like this Ashley Barnes thing, I still like. I like. I cannot like. I, I can't believe it. Still, like. I like. <laughs> uh-huh. I like. You know, it's like I can't believe this. He, this keeps happening. Like he's, he has four goals in three matches. It's ridiculous. All right. Well, um, let's let's move him up. Yeah. Ashley Barnes, buy, sell, hold. Is it? I sure. Mean, he feels like a dude. Feels like a buy, man. I don't know how you can deny. Yeah. For, I'll, for the record, totally. I'll air a buy for me. Ashley Barnes also strong buy. He's he's just in great form. Yeah, I wish they didn't play uh, uh, Liverpool in game week five, but uh, yeah, or in game week four. But I, yeah, I think he, I think he's a buy as well. I mean, you know, he's uh, right. looks really good. Yeah, it's a good point. West Ham's upcoming fixtures are much more appealing, at least in the very short term. That Liverpool um, fixture, um, to be more precise. But West Ham's run coming up, if we're looking at Allaire, is um, Norwich at home, followed by Aston Villa, Manchester United, Bournemouth Palace. So, yeah, uh, really interesting there. All right, who's next? Oh, Marcus Rashford. So you tipped Rashford above Allaire for your Pookie party wingmen. So yeah, I mean, I just – Allaire has literally one good game, you know, and like Rashford did miss a penalty, but I thought – I don't know if you, how much that man you know, actually watched, but yeah, he was really dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I thought he had a lot of chances, you know, could have done something in that match. It was not his greatest match ever by any stretch. Well, if you look uh, around that whole squad, balls. though, Rashford seemed to be the only one who had. And I'm, I'm reading so much into people's facial uh, expressions this this game week, but Rashford seemed to be the only one that was sort of carrying the torch for competitiveness on Manchester United mm-hmm. in this match. Martial was doing his his same old uh, sulky thing. Daniel James didn't really seem like he knew uh, which match he was playing in. Paul Pogba <laughs> was pr- pretty invisible. Yeah, nice worldly, Daniel James. Thanks for nothing else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say I'd keep the faith with Rashford. If you if you currently have him, absolutely hold on to him. Do I can't I wanna... believe Daniel James is only 3.1% owned, by the way. Like, nobody has him. That's kind of crazy. Six million. 
midfielder. And uh, like that ownership is going to be a lot higher than that, I would think, over the next few game weeks. Yeah, so Natasha Stubbs actually wrote in and wanted to know what our thoughts were on Daniel James. I personally, I mean, six, six million is for a guy who's already produced two goals for Manchester United, looks trusted to start. It's good mm-hmm. value, but I I just don't rate him at this point. I, he doesn't look like it's, he's ready to make it. The, the jump looks too far for him at the moment. Classic hold, right? Like right. I, I can't – I feel like I can't evaluate him properly yet. So I like – yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean highly rated player, did really well in the championship last season for uh, – for was it Swansea, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. Like it's – He's cheap, you know, but like it's like you compare him to someone like Mason Mount or even uh, even your boy McGinn, you know, and it's hard to really feel like uh, like he's a better option than those two. So, Marcial, you picked him up on the wild card. I um, I mean, I didn't think he looked bad. Again, I had concerns about him reverting to his 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 sort of Ozil-esque poor body language. But um, he's been producing two goals, one assist. Not a single bonus point to be had from RCL, but you're going to, are you going to keep the, well, actually let me ask you, because I haven't found any information about this dude's injury since he was flagged on the FPL side. Yeah. Well, it was just like, uh, uh, Oli, uh, came out and said, um, we don't know basically, you know, but like, we hope he can come out and train in the next couple of days. So that's, there's like no, no news yet. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to wait and see and we'll, yeah, we'll see where we are with him in a couple of days. Assuming he had a clean bill of health and he was um, he was going to play on the weekend, you'd hold on to Martial for uh, for the next match. Sure, yeah, way to Southampton, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That would be a that'd be a silly, I think, to, to ditch him so soon. Yeah. Um, if he's like injured, if he's out for a couple of weeks, yeah, he's gone for sure. Uh, but you know, like if it's just like a little thing, then yeah, I'll probably I'll probably hold. Even if he's like a little doubt, I would probably hold. Um, All right, look, you know, uh, I might wait. Might, might wait for that like late night like did he travel with the squad you know right <laughs> like, yeah uh but, but even that i think i might just i might just take the hit you know and just hold on to him for another game week because i i really do think i want the flexibility of two transfers going into game week five okay bournemouth uh away to leicester then everton southampton west ham that's the run coming up callum wilson or should we should we call him Giroux? Because he, he is the new Giroux. Uh, Giroux, as you all know, is a five-pointer. It's an assist, no bonus, uh, or perhaps a late substitution plus a goal. Callum Wilson is a maestro, 5-5-5 five, five, five in the last three games. Buy, sell, hold. Hold? I mean, not buy, uh, but hold? Sure. I yeah. mean, it's a... Uh, you know, that's a, the, that's what the Giroux is, right? It's it's a hold. It's like a it's like a mutual fund. <laughs> Callum Wilson is now a mutual fund. Yeah, yeah. Very I, steady, consistent return, safe. Um, you know, you pay a premium for it, but you do get the safety of it. Yeah, I'm in the same place with Josh King, probably just because I am a Josh King owner. Um, I sure. thought I thought he did look decent. He looks very fit. Um, trusted to play the full yeah. ninety always. Feels like as I was gonna say, it feels like he always plays the full ninety. It's crazy that he never gets subbed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. He's a hold. I guess we got to move to these a little more a little more quickly, right? Let's let's try to do some fast some fast buy sell holds, Brandon. All right, here's an easy one for you, Gerard De La Feu. That is a sell at all <laughs> costs, right? Sell, sell, big, sell. Big sell, big sell. Diogo Jota. Have you had enough of this guy? 
easy sell. And I think that Everton fixture is a tough one for them. So yeah, that's that's a definite sell. Yeah, the Europa League, they've 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 done they've done their bits in the Europa League, but it's not as predicted, not helping helping their Premier League performances. Jamie Vardy finally got his goal this weekend, two bonus. Um, kind of underwhelming, just 12 points over the last three weeks. If you have Vardy, um, he's a streaky form player. I think you got to hold yep. him at this point. Oh, if borderline buy, I think. Um, I they're fixed. Well, I don't know. I mean, they need to play Spurs and Man United and Liverpool in three of their next five. So, like, it's it's, it's tough. You know, it's dicey. It's dicey. Yeah, it's dicey. So, I mean, he's kind of he's a little bit fixture proof. I think you know he's a player who can definitely score against anybody, but it's not ideal. Obviously, you'd rather you'd rather have him playing the the Sheffield Uniteds of the league. So, Iosi Perez, uh, why didn't we all, and, and I'm speaking to everyone out there listening who bought uh, Iosi Perez in game week one, see this coming from a mile away? Um, <laughs> it's done absolutely nothing uh, for this Leicester yep. team going forward. And uh, he's he's gone for my squad. And I think that's a, a quick, easy sell for yep. everyone out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but he's he's not a he's not the striker. Jamie Vardy is the striker. Perez is a player who exists to provide the ball for Jamie Vardy, which James Madison, the next player in your list, Brandon, does better. Yes. So Madison has looked really exciting, especially the last two weeks, two assists, two bonus. Um, yeah, he's really growing into his role uh, on that team. He's making everything tick. Love him. I mean, the the yep. When their fixtures, I think, really clear up, that's when he might become an imperative for us all to get him. I agree. Uh, I, not a bad buy early just to get him, yeah. you know, and I think that he could um, he could deliver. I mean, they, they do play Bournemouth and Newcastle in two of the next four, so it's not out and out terrible. And that Spurs game is home in game week six. I would expect them to score in that match. I mean, I don't know why you'd expect Spurs to keep a – clean shit on anybody right now you know so um no i'm feeling very down about spurs today brandon you caught me on the wrong day for anything good spurs related so that's fine they don't i don't i don't know yeah. that they were really yeah. expecting anything good um after that newcastle performance all right uh <laughs> the chelsea boys uh tammy abraham yeah. finally got some respect against norwich with the brace too like i like to slag abraham off a lot i think he's too slight gets pushed off the ball too easy sometimes he's yeah. just not clinical in front of goal in front of goal yeah. but those two goals against norwich both beauties humdingers he's just the problem yeah. seven million is just it's a it's a horrifying price tag for a player like abraham yeah and you still worry a little bit about I mean, he just got the brace. You'd expect him to be locked in that starting spot for a while. But yeah, I mean, we've both said our piece about this. We we worry about. I don't know how much you can read into a Norwich match, really. You know, that probably applies to Mason Mount as well. Um, although Mount has obviously scored in two different matches now, um, Mount does seem like good value. I mean, yeah. Lampard clearly loves him. He's still only six point two million. Um, again, I just this whole this whole Chelsea team. I just don't quite know what to think yet, and yeah. I. I'm wary of reading anything into that Norwich match because I just don't really think Norwich played deep. Norwich have a real center back problem. I don't know if you noticed this in that match. <laughs> they have really in, like their center back play is very poor, and it seems like that's going to be a massive issue for them. Like I, I don't know. Like it's that's going to be a problem. What happened? To, I thought that this guy, that guy, close, close up. I thought Tim Closa was like a big defender for them. I guess not. I don't know. What uh, do I know? No idea. I've not, I've not spent too much time on the Canaries uh, forums. To, to know Mason Mason <laughs> Mount though I'm 
he reminds me of Ryan Fraser from last season, like the price point as well as the role he plays. It's really exciting to see him on so many set pieces, whether they're direct or indirect. He's taking a lot of corners. And uh, if he continues to start and play that role, it could be exceptional value. I do. I, but on the other hand, I do agree with you. Even comparing mm-hmm. this Chelsea Champions League qualified side to last season's Bournemouth, you could at least look at Bournemouth last season and have a sense of what they were about, what the plan was. L- yep. Less true of Chelsea right now, as good of players yeah. as they may have. All right, uh, a couple more to go here, Brennan. John McGinn, I think we talked about him already. We both think he's a buy, yeah, correct? Yeah, definitely a buy. Good, good feelings all around, and Dean Smith came out and said, of all the players on um, Aston Villa, he's probably the most likely to score a goal. And that's that was before Wesley actually scored. And I spent that entire match slagging Wesley off. Just like, I don't know. He's just getting he's just getting his sea legs, I guess. But um, McGinn yeah. seems yep. like the one attacking player you could look to. You might be able to convince me of Jack Grealish, but the savings on McGinn over Grealish just seems far and away worth it. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, the Arsenal players, Aubameyang and Ceballos. Uh, Aubameyang holds Ceballos. Uh, I think he's still a buy. Um, I, you know, that Liverpool match, Liverpool played good defense. He had to do more defensive responsibilities in that match. Um, you know, obviously I brought him in uh, kind of foolishly. I should have just brought him again. I got a little too cute there. Um, but I, I like Ceballos and I, I you know, I love Aubameyang, of course. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the North London Derby will be always an attacking, exciting match. Then it's Watford and Villa coming up. And Aubameyang, th- three attacking returns in three. And he, just, he looks good, so I agree. Um, I couldn't think of anyone from Brighton to put on this list, so I just said anyone from Brighton, but I think yeah. we can just... I still think Troussard looks yeah. good. I think he looks dangerous. Yeah, um, I like that. And I don't think that Brighton is going to miss at all. Uh, Andone for his like ridiculous red card challenge. I feel like they uh, have yeah, other Andone clones that they can just drop in at his. Yeah, his even place. even my wife who was watching that match with me, or just she was in the room. I should say we're, we were not exactly on the couch together watching the Brighton match, but uh, she uh, yeah, <laughs> romances when, when and red dead. card happened. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think I was actually watching the same the whatever that's called the uh, the goal rush that came on, and both of us were like, oh my god, that's that was that was brutal. All right, last player to talk about is Gilfie Sigurdsson. People are just, uh, I, if you haven't already lost your patience with Gilfie Sigurdsson, I just, I kind of, yeah, I, my hat goes off to your, your patience, but he's dropped in price to 7.9. He's achieved nothing this season. This Everton team has been completely impotent going forward, which is yeah. a real shame. Yeah, there's just so many players that you could have instead. And I, I think the Wolves defense is pretty solid. You know, I thought the Europa League thing would hurt their defense more than it really has. Um, so I think that you could, uh, I mean, you could move to Mason Mount and get free of 1.7 million and I'm not sure how much, how much you're losing, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's like a soft hold, but I would totally understand if you sold, if it was, an, if I, if I had cigarettes and I would probably just sell them cause I would just be yeah. kind of done, like done waiting. Yeah. And speaking of done, we are finished with our buy hole, buy hold sell game. Uh, well done everyone. Thanks for playing along yeah, at home. If, for, if, if we missed any players, if you want to know if we would buy, sell, or hold any uh, specific player, just hit us up on Twitter or whatever, and uh, we'll get back to you. Um, Perfect. Josh, let's take a break. 
Then we're going to come back for a quick lightning round, and then we're going to do a preview of Game Week 4 fixtures. Brian, we're back, and I want to take a moment to talk to you about my bookie. It's a brand new NFL season, and a lot has changed. Andrew Luck has retired. Wow. It was insane. Yeah. I was The scroll came through last night. I could not believe it. I was watching the uh, the Florida game with my wife, who is a, uh, a Florida Gator alum. Um, they did win, so go Gators. Uh, Antonio Brown may or may not have a helmet. Uh, the one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down at all of the games this fall, my bookie is the place to bet on the NFL every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters, Brandon, were part of the Blue Wire Network yeah. are using mybookie.com slash Blue Wire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100000 and only costs 100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy players out there, which is basically all of you, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game week. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to claim the bonus when creating your account. That's MyBookie.com slash BLUEWIRE. All right. I can't wait to go bet on my very disappointing Lions on MyBookie.com. All right, Brandon, we're back. Part three, uh, we have a one-question lightning round, and then we're going to look at game week four. That one question, Brandon, yeah. who, who got the honor of the one question? It's FPL Wahoo. And they say, Newcastle were supposed to be the punching bags to replace Huddersfield. After today, is there a team we can target for matchups? Maybe Norwich. They score a lot, but concede a lot, too. Well, I mean, I take your point, Wahoo, about Norwich, but it has to be Watford. They look... And, you know, I, I'm sorry for all you Watford fans out there always cheating Master Brewer himself, but uh, Watford are terrible. And they do play new, they <laughs> do play Newcastle in game week four, followed by Arsenal, City, Wolves, and, and then um, Sheffield United in game week eight. But if you have, like, you'll be very excited to roll out Sabalos in game week five, Josh, against Watford. Aubameyang, great captain choice in game week five. Manchester City. Raheem Sterling will probably be captained by a 100% of um, <laughs> of managers. I, I I think Watford just stands out to me, not to totally beat up on them, but, I mean, does does that drive yeah. with you? Does any other team well, jump out of you? Well, you know, I guess it's it's funny because Norwich actually is in some ways the team that stands out for me, and I was like an Allaire who I, of course, now I'm like knee-jerky and like would love to have him. I'm like, man, like I'd love to have him for that Norwich match in game week five. Um, cause I, I don't have any faith in the Norwich defense. And then I see that Norwich play, uh, Man City in game week, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Norwich play West Ham in game week four and Man City in game week five. Mm-hmm. And, uh, only having two Man City players for game week five already feels like a problem that I'm going to have to solve. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna have to try to get KDB before game week five, just, just cause that match is so scary. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I think Watford is like, it's a weird one. Cause I mean, I agree with you, but like they're, they were pretty good last year, you know, like they were decent and like they made the FA Cup final and they seemed like they were clicking. They, they kept their manager, which like they never do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's funny. Like it's I, I feel like it maybe they're like a, they might turn it around, but 
not in any evidence we've seen so far. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you're actually giving due respect to Watford for what they did achieve last uh, last season. And, you know, that, that does make sense to me. But I'll I'll wait till I actually see something from the Hornets who have a moose on their back, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, totally. Uh, game week four, let's talk about it. So Saturday fixtured the early kickoff. Southampton hosting, mm-hmm. uh, hosting Manchester United. A chance for redemption for uh, Rashford, Martial, and the rest of the team? Yeah, you you would think so. Uh, you'd think they come out pretty strong in this match and really, really be going for the win. Um, certainly, I certainly yeah, given I, that I sold Che Adams this week, it does guarantee that we'll, he'll get his first Premier League goal <laughs> uh, this yeah, year against United. It's, yeah, I'm definitely like my, you know, my faith is a little shaken after that match, but I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep the faith. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, who knows? I, mean, I expect Manchester. I, I would, I would think that Man United would win that match. They're certainly quite a bit better than Southampton, but um, I don't know. Southampton played Liverpool pretty well on the road in game, or you know, at home in game week two. So yeah. uh, they did just win last game week. So I, you know, I don't think it's going to be like a. Uh, you know, a, an annihilation. Yeah. All right. So the two biggest captain shouts for game week four are also happening on Saturday, Manchester city hosting Brighton and then Liverpool are away to Burnley. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there are, I guess there are counterpoints to the Burnley Liverpool match. Um, so let's, let's start with city Brighton. Will that be, will Raheem Sterling be your captain? I guess, or your bus on your yes, bus team. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Same. Uh, I mean, the temptation for Liverpool away, Burnley, just one of those, uh, their reputation precedes them. They're a home team. They're a defensive team. Are they gonna stymie Liverpool? But you, you're fond of talking about that Salah hat trick that he scored against. Was it Burnley last year? No, it was, it was, it was, it was Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Okay. Um, Another B yeah. team. Yeah, funny. Yeah, and Burnley continued that goal in the 97th minute today too. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. That was uh, kind of a major fantasy moment. Uh, surprisingly, less for Jimenez and more for uh, Pope. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was Let's a, see. What's the what's surprising. the ownership between Jimenez and Pope? So Jimenez, his ownership is 16.8, and then Pope. He, are you guessing higher or lower? For Pope than sixteen point eight. That's a good question. I guess I'll guess lower. I, I would think he'd be lower. Yeah, than roughly yeah. half at nine point four percent. So I guess yeah. technically speaking, it was a bigger moment for for him. Yeah, but among among like the kind of you know active the uh, hashtag the crowd we run in. I don't know what the right <laughs> the I, bad I feel like crowd. Everyone I know seems to have Pope in their team. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Right. So. Um, yeah. It, Anything else jump out on Saturday? Like any other matches that you're excited about? Any pure watches? Anything like just like really get you excited? Game oh, before? yeah. I mean, weirdly, the Palace Aston Villa match will be. Uh, I'm interested to see how Palace at home react to coming off of a much needed victory. And then, of course, Villa, um, some FPL assets in play there, notably John McGinn. And then the other fixture, mm-hmm. West Ham Norwich should be a lively goal scoring affair as discussed. So yep. n- yeah, not two teams that don't play defense. Right. Should be should be fun. Not a pure watch at all, but a fun one nonetheless. Yep. Yeah, I thought that uh, I thought Norwich Chelsea was a really fun mm-hmm. match, mm-hmm. by the yeah, way. For sure. You know, I thought that was really yeah, like Norwich, like watching that match, I was like, man, I, I hope they stay up because this is like 
this is the kind of team you want it like this they're like another Bournemouth basically you know like good manager don't play a lot of defense you know have a lot of players who can score I actually I'm not sure if Norwich do have a lot of players who can serve but it seems like they attack certainly mm-hmm. um you know you'd expect someone like Buendia to be a bigger factor at some point this season too he is really highly rated so yeah I mean um, the discovery you know, we'll of Cantwell has given the opposition defense a lot more to deal with because Buendia play, played that really beautiful ball into um Pookie's path and now defenders will know that Pookie has people who are breaking into the box that he yeah. can pass to if he's not shooting it's it's coming together for them I think it I think it looks good totally hey. and yeah Buendia already has two assists in the season so it's not like he's a complete you know bust or anything but right. um yeah so I think he's a uh, yeah, that should be a fun match too. And then uh, move on to Sunday. We've got uh, Everton Wolves, Arsenal Spurs. Uh, Arsenal Spurs. Who knows? Yeah. Like, uh, who knows what's going to happen in that one? No idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's too close to that Spurs Newcastle game for me to feel good about Spurs um, really taking it to Arsenal. It being a home match, I think. I think Arsenal have enough new blood that they might actually um, beat Spurs handily if if Emery gets his tactics right. I mean, I guess my prediction would be like 3-2 Arsenal or 3-1 Arsenal even. I wonder, I, you know, I wonder if Ericsson leaves, you know, sometimes that can like give a team a little bit of a boost, you know, like a kind of like, all right, now we know who we are, you know, like now we can sort of show everyone like, that we weren't just, you know, that we don't just need him to create. I don't know. Like, I, you know, that sometimes there is a little bit of a boost from something like that. But mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, Arsenal would have to be the favorites in this match. But um, and they are at home, too. But um, again, I just don't I don't have any strong opinions on that. I, I wouldn't want to bet on that game. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I wouldn't. Really I guess I really don't it. rate Arsenal's defense at all. So, um, again, going back to that Harry Kane hold um, Spurs will score on them s- somehow, some way. I know it. I feel it in my bones. Yeah, and it won't be. It'll be dire to um, Sissoko or something. But yeah, I, I think you're right. What about this Everton uh, Wolves right, match? So, I mean, this yeah. is this is um, an interesting matchup of overpowered, underperforming teams in the league. I, I think that's going to be a bad match. That would be my prediction. It's like a one nil for Everton or something like that. I yeah. um, this Wolves team, like they just need to. I don't know. Like, is it the perfect match to have on in the background at the bar while you're waiting for the North London Derby to kick off? Having a few, <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. A few drinks actually. with your yeah. buds and uh, just you know, it's on in the background. That's true. That's true. It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah, maybe I need to get down. I'm I'm, I'm in town this Labor Day. You know, and normally I'm in Florida, so yeah, I got a chance to actually watch this one. So okay. yeah, maybe okay. Black Horse is yeah, we'll uh, is bubbling up here. It's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, transfers. Um, I don't plan to make one. You've already made yours. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, captains. I think we're both on Sterling. Right. So, uh, yeah. And clean sheets. We they're dead. So <laughs> don't worry know, about it. They're, they're not they're not going to think about you. So you don't have to think about them. <laughs> Maybe that Man City game. Yeah. City. The, the clean sheets will come for Man City for sure. Liverpool, obviously. But. City just seemed like a big shout for a clean sheet this weekend. Yeah, agreed. 
All right. Um, that's game oh. week four. That's boxed. Beautiful. Wow. I feel like uh, we covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. We bought and hold and sold so many people today, Brandon. And we solved Feels the clean good. sheet crisis. Wonderful. So it's time to sign off. <laughs> of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to support the Always Cheating podcast and become a Patreon member where you get access to a bonus podcast every week prior to the game week deadline where we answer listener questions and talk about urgent issues that came up midweek uh, or you want to just hop on our slack forum get a t-shirt all sorts of other cool stuff head to patreon.com slash always cheating and see all the different levels at which you can support uh, before we get to our big patreon thank yous let's let's say thank you to our big time producers josh take it away producer thank yous here we go brandon Barry McGuire, Paul Hertzig, Victor Forberg Skoging, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Benning, Christian Carter, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, DeBay Gaffer, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, CN Niehaus, Kaya Kirstein Leleng, uh, Brian Chin, Nick. By the way, Kaya, our first female producer, Brandon. So uh, shout out uh, to her. Awesome. Uh, Brian Chin, Nick Costello, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Powell, uh, Chris Howell, excuse me, uh, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. Awesome. All right, guys. Rate, review, subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are made available. Follow us on Twitter at Hal Cheaters, Instagram at Hal Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Email us with whatever you want to talk about. I don't care. Anything. I'm up for anything, Josh. Send me an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Or visit the website where you can visit the Always Cheating Shop. You can join the Super League. Um, You can just check in. Check in on everything, alwayscheating.com. All right. It's the Patreon thank yous new this week. We had a huge influx, uh, which was great to see. Thank you to everyone who currently supports. And, Josh, I like how you also say, let us just thank people who listen to the Always Cheating podcast, even if you don't go to patreon thank you for listening but we will we <laughs> yeah, will I, 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 we will not say your name on the podcast unfortunately <laughs> so those names that we will say yeah. um why don't you do the uh first the the producers in the volkswagens i'll do the sore loss that's a big chunk all right that sounds good uh a new producer this week barry mcguire thank you barry New Volkswagen patron, Isaac Cullen. Thank you, Isaac. And at the Lord Sorloth level, thanks to all of you. Oli, Martin, Drevland, Lars, Janssen, Larry Burns, Abraham, Overord, Andrew Chong, Michael Leon, Mr. Adam J. Varney, Michael Weber, Martin Trichy schwartz Nathaniel Curtis, Mark Worrell, Ned Stark. Wow, you lost your head, man. Brian Peters, Jane, Shane Byrne, Glenn Sanders, Timmy Pookie, Timmy. I think that was actually Timu Pookie. Uh, emails, it was Pookie. <laughs> John Smith, Nathan Gill, Matt Kuthel, David Brassel, Sean Schicker, FPL Sniper, Jal Harapath, Andrew Siegel, Gronus, which also sounds like a Star Wars villain, um, Stephen Marsh, Daniel McKay, Bjorn Martin, Bach Norby. Yep, got that Nordby. Uh, Hilner. Uh, Fiefenson, Anthony T. Bowser, Isaac Lund, Thomas Young, Richard Harward, Lee Witz, Daraj Sactiva, Harry Baldock, Carlos Morales, Chris Norwood. You're loving this, aren't you, Joshua? 
<laughs> yeah, now you're doing a great job. You're almost done. Mark Alderson and David Rose. We still have some Pookie patrons to thank. Josh, please do the honors. Pookie patrons, Simon Christopher, David Bridges, Luke Pollock, David McGowan. Uh, I got off a little easier there, Brandon. Uh, thank you to Simon, David, Luke, and David. Uh, and thank you, obviously, to all the Lords for Love patrons as well. Uh, and, of course, our new Volkswagen producer patrons. Brandon, it's been great talking to you. I'll see you in a week. Bye-bye, hell cheaters. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.